and welcome back to the podcast. I'm the host, Sean Boyce, or I should say I used to be the host. I'd like to introduce my colleague, Brian Maddox, who's going to be taking over for the host of the show, that consulting trap from me from this point forward. And we're going to talk more about that on this episode today. So how, Brian, how are you? And welcome to the show. Thanks, Sean. Thanks for having me. And I'm looking forward to, uh, to hosting the podcast from now on. Yeah. And you've been involved, obviously, with helping build Podcast Chef kind of behind the scenes thus far. But now you're going to play a more prominent role, which I'm very excited about. Looking forward to kind of how the show transforms from here to take that and do even better things than we have been so far. But before we kind of talk more about that, if you wouldn't mind, talk a little bit more about your background, because you have a background in consulting as well, too. Sure. Yeah, I've been an independent consultant now for over a decade, which is you stop counting once you hit the decade mark. That's official, by the way. So over a decade, and I cut my teeth in corporate America, decided that the little guys need some of that kind of knowledge. So I've been working with small businesses ever since. It's my favorite thing to do, apart from apparently being a podcast host. Favorite thing to do now, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Very cool. Thanks for sharing, Brad. And at this point, because you're going to be taking over as host of this show moving forward, at least that's the plan. Going to kind of turn it over to you so that you can pick my brain a little bit, just like we interview other consultants on our show. So, what questions do you have for me? Well, I mean, so the obvious uh, sort of quid pro quo here is so tell us a little bit about your background, Sean. I'd love to hear about your consulting history. As we both know, it's real easy to, to we have a lot of challenges in common. So, I'd love to hear about your, your history first, and then we can talk a little bit about what those challenges might be. Sure, and we'll do. I suppose that's a good place to start. And I haven't really had the opportunity to, to talk about that myself on the podcast episodes that I've recorded. So it's a cool opportunity. But uh, so the consulting work that I've done, you know, my background is pretty heavy in tech. But in terms of the type of consulting I've done, a lot of it is focused on really product management over the course of a few years. But more recently, the kind of one of the objectives that I've had for what I wanted to do with my consulting business is focus on basically what I can do in the skills that I have in product management and technology for figuring out how I can specialize more so than I have been previously. Instead of helping more of a wider market, one of the growth goals that I have as a consultant is to get more specific with who I help and what I help them with. And more recently, that is expected to kind of focus on professional services and specifically in professional services accounting firms. Uh, and my objective in this phase of kind of growing my consulting business is helping accounting firms grow their profit exponentially without needing to hire any additional CPAs, which is a particularly big challenge right now facing that industry. So that's a little bit more information about uh, myself and the type of work that I do. So that's what's really interesting. When you talk about how getting more specific to help you is helping you in your business. Can you talk a little bit about what that means? I mean, you've, you've isolated a great target market. What, what benefit has that brought you as a, as a consultant? Yeah, that's a great question. I've already started to experience some of the benefit from that that I hadn't previously because I wasn't specializing. And it's one of those things, it's this, like the shoemaker shoes kind of situation where I've given this advice a lot, uh, especially with what I've learned in product management. But right. when you're trying to actually take that advice yourself, it's a little bit more difficult. But since having experimented there and specializing so far, it's been a pretty significant difference in terms of being able to help other people connect the dots in terms of who to connect me with. When I get more specific about who I'm looking to meet, the people on my network and the people that I'm meeting immediately start thinking of who they know that matches that profile. 
And as such, I think I've already gotten more introductions from the people in my network in a very short period of time than I have with the rest of the time combined when I was trying to describe for them what I did then, which was just too broad. So already it's made a lot easier for the people that I'm connecting with to figure out how to connect me to the right person so that I can have those more specific conversations about who in particular I can help and what they have in common so that it makes it easier for me to identify the common problems and challenges that I can help those specific people with solving. Yeah, it's interesting, right? That you learn this in kindergarten and it's easy to forget after, right? Specific is terrific. And that should, it sounds like it's helping you be more efficient in your marketing as well. Is that correct? Definitely. It's one of the things that's really been great is being able to dive deeper. Personally, it's a little bit of a challenge for me because I love to know a little bit about a lot, but professionally that kind of works against you a little bit. I mean, it helps to an extent, but if you want to like the kind of the way that I've heard it described that I, I really agree with is go an inch wide and a mile deep. You want to learn as much of the nuance of these subtleties of the unique challenges facing the industry in which you're expecting to help is that positions you much more so as an authority and it brings you closer to your target market. So as I've continued to interact with more people that have a lot more in common than the folks that I've speak, I've spoke with kind of previously, I've heard it's been easier for me to detect the patterns in terms of where are the biggest problems and challenges facing this specific industry, because I don't have all that extra data that I need to sift through, which introduces a ton of new variables to any experiments that I want to run. So because I've been able to get more specific, it's been a lot easier to be able to more quickly find what those biggest problems and challenges are for that specific market. And then I can dive really deep into them and explore all the possibilities so that when I connect with folks and they're asking me and they're kind of describing for me their particular problems and challenges, I have you know a, a, a dip, number of different areas that I can go with it. And chances are, because I've studied it so much more in detail than they have had the opportunity to do so, most of the people I'm connecting with now are hearing something from me for the first time. And that's made for much more engaging and valuable conversations. Yeah. And, and and I imagine it leads to a better qualified prospect as well. Is that right? Definitely. Yeah. It really helps me figure out who's a fit and who's not a fit. Like I just spoke with somebody the other day and you know, they they've described how they've transformed their accounting firm and they've kind of they've kind of quote unquote dropped busy season, which I found very interesting in terms of like, you know, when they're talking about busy season and accounting, they're talking typically about something like tax season, which has a deadline that everybody has to rush towards. So they've made a significant transformation, but, and that might not sound like a big deal to somebody who doesn't know the industry all that well, but in terms of not necessarily offering that as a service, that's relatively unique in the accounting industry. And it becomes a lot easier to identify that when, you know, depending on, in particular, depending upon who I'm communicating with. And now I can start to figure out, right, what all of the pieces are that accounting firms are putting together in order to build their value proposition, differentiate themselves from their competition. And I can figure out what unique combination of those elements makes for the best prospect for which I can help. So, you know, it's really interesting you say that you talk about getting rid of busy season for accountants. And in fact, you know, we're talking on a on a podcast called The Consulting Trap, which really talks about that roller coaster ride of managing business demand essentially reducing the concept of busy season. So you're always busy. You always have exactly much, uh, as much business as you like. So when, when you're talking about 
helping folks move past that, what would you say like the, the, the top two or three takeaways are there? How do you get folks past that busy season concept? That's a great question. That's something that I've really wrestled with over the course of building my career as a consultant. You know, it's a lot of the focus on the earlier side of things when you're just starting out is figuring out how you can find enough work to keep yourself busy, right? And that wanting to do what you need to do in order to be successful. So a lot of the the effort gets placed there. And earlier in building myself in my career as a consultant, I did a lot of experimenting, which gave me the opportunity to figure out kind of what works best for me. I did a lot of the traditional things like networking. I also experimented with some of the more, you know, I guess, progressive concepts at the time, you know, this was years ago, which were like lead generation and things like that. And I kind of figured out what worked best for me, but it didn't keep me from falling into the trap myself, which happened uh, last year, 2021, where, you know, throughout the course of the pandemic, I was very lucky. I, I stayed busy as things started to kind of settle down a little bit. The people that I was com- communicating with previously that had just been in a holding pattern because they really weren't sure what was going to happen. A lot of people found themselves there. They, you know, once things started to settle down a little bit, they all of a sudden wanted to push a lot of their projects forward. And that came in as just a wave of demand, which presented a lot of opportunity, but overwhelmed me from the perspective of the things that I kind of wanted to get to. And I knew I always should have been building towards as such a lot of the marketing things that I was investing in had stopped uh, because I needed the capacity in order to keep up with the demand. So I found myself very squarely stuck in what I would refer to as the consulting trap or that like feast and famine cycle where things were busy at the time, but I knew, and in the back of my mind, I was worried about what's going to happen when, you know, hit a lull again, or when these projects just come to their natural conclusion, which inevitably did happen. Lucky, luckily enough, I, I made some adjustments to kind of my routine and my team and the things that I was able to focus on and work on such that I, this time, and this has been the objective kind of that I hoped to achieve then and what I'm expecting to sustain moving forward, I built the marketing infrastructure for myself to be able to follow a routine that blends well with how I've designed kind of my schedule for when I'm expected to do the actual work for my clients. And the preference and the priority is always on building first. So before I get started with any client work, I have carved out time in my schedule to make sure that I've invested in the areas which are expected to push forward, how I'm going to be able to share the things that I'm learning, information and insight in terms of the problems and challenges for the particular clients that I help solve, and any of those other marketing activities before I get into the work that I do. And then from there, I can keep track of you know, how much of a backlog of work do I have? You know, What type of, is there any kind of weight for what it is that I'm able to do and for the folks that I'm able to do it for. And I can kind of control that a little bit better now because I built the infrastructure to be able to support it. And one of the things that was a game changer for me, because I'm a borderline obsessed with efficiency, was finding the right marketing strategy that worked well and was complementary with the work that I wanted to do without zapping too much of my time. And that ended up being podcasting, which was also largely my inspiration for building Podcast Chef. You know, it's one of the things that you said there really stuck with me. And it's, it's, you you didn't say this exactly, but but, in my head, I'm thinking, you know, as a consultant, you're grabbing onto any marketing concept you can, the whole random acts of marketing 
idea of like, well, that's great. Let me go put my, you know, put my business cards in the back of the Panera and see how much business that gets me kind of thing. Right. With this though, you've been a lot more structural. And I think that's got a lot of value. A big takeaway from from the conversation here for me is when you when you do have a marketing structure, it makes it a lot, it makes the whole process a lot easier. So it's not like you're just randomly throwing darts at a, a at a tactic. You are building it into a, a sales process. So can you tell us a little bit more about how all these pieces fit together for your for your consulting practice? Yeah, absolutely. And that I'd say that was a game changer for me. In fact, there was a book I read called The One Page Marketing Plan, which really helped me understand better concepts like random acts of marketing, which very much so was what I was doing essentially. And you know, love to experiment, but if you aren't sticking with these things or if they're, they don't fit well into your routine, it makes it so much harder for you to kind of continually invest in them and as such really experience any of the benefit from investing in them. I think people are looking for sometimes those like immediate results and that's not necessarily how marketing works. So instead, it helped me think through how I should think about it differently. And that's where I really focused on this concept, which was mentioned in the book several times of building the marketing infrastructure to avoid yourself falling into that doing those random acts of marketing really trap. So how I intended to kind of experiment with it is I said, all right, well, you know, previously I tried to like carve out a portion of a day each week in order to cram everything in, you know, whatever it is I wanted to do marketing wise, maybe I was writing a blog, maybe I was trying to record videos, that type of thing. It ended up being too much and always felt rushed. Plus it was something that I didn't have enough preparation work done. So oftentimes it wouldn't be enough time. So I went back and I evaluated what that was like for me previously. And I understood, you know, essentially what worked, having some form of routine at least enabled me to keep up with it when I did it previously, but it wasn't enough time. It was too much all at once. So I looked, you know, knowing myself, I looked for an opportunity to fit it into my schedule, block off time, which I literally have on my calendar. I have an hour or two every day in the morning blocked off now, which can't be booked by anyone. And it blocks every every day. Now I was doing it five days a week. Now I'm doing it seven. So I, I follow pretty much the same routine every day. And my routine now gives me the ability to produce the content that I'm hoping to share with folks in the formats that make sense for me, while still allowing me to have some room for experimentation, which is great because I can track you know, what's working over time. I can figure out what I like to do, what I think is a good medium for me kind of thing. But the Breaking it down into smaller pieces has helped a lot and making sure that it's something that has fits into my routine and is protected so that that time can't be stolen back because that was the problem I had previously as well too. When I got busy, it was easy to just take that time back. Now I'm very structured and regimented about not doing that, which enables me to kind of keep the momentum going. And Now I'm at the point where it's become habitual as such, if I don't get it done, that feels like it would ruin my day, <laughs> which has helped quite a bit. So because I've made it into a habit, I almost can't start my day now until I have checked that box because it's just something that, that fits into the routine. And that's kind of what I was going for. Plus, it enables me to make sure that I'm continuing to study, learn more about the industry, read, uh, and share these insights with others. So if I'm ever you know, long for something to talk about or something to write about or something to share, I pull it from the sources of the consulting work that I'm doing or something that I'm reading and studying. So it makes sure that it enables me to continue to keep those skills sharp because if we just get into the habit of doing and not researching or reading or keeping our eye on the industry, 
uh, that has a potential to potentially atrophy our skills or, or make those a little bit more dull. All right, Sean. Well, thank you so much for your, your insight here. There's a, there, I think there's a lot more greenfield for us to, to talk about here, but we are running out of time. And so what I want to make sure is we get you back on the podcast here in the next couple of months, because there's clearly there's things for us to talk about, the difference between creating content and how that plugs into marketing and how that translates into sales. There's so much there to go over. But in the interim, uh, how do uh, our listeners get a hold of you? Should they should they need to talk to you? And and what kind of person should reach out? Yeah, great question. So for anybody who has an interest in any of the things that I'm working on, any representatives at accounting firms that are looking to boost profit and are really struggling in terms of trying to do so or trying to meet demand, with, please feel free to reach out to me because I can help you solve those problems with the work that I do. And that great ways to connect with me could either be LinkedIn or you could email me directly at sean at nextstep.io. That's S-E-A-N at N-X-T, S-T-E-P dot I-O. And of course, for anybody who's interested in solving these consulting trap or the feast and famine element that goes into the type of work that we need to do as consultants, contact Podcast Chef. And everything about Podcast Chef can be found at podcastchef.com. Thank you so much for your time today, Sean. I really appreciate it. And I'm, I'm pretty sure that the, the a lot, there's a lot of takeaways here that the consultants that listen to our show will be able to use. So thanks again. Thank you, Brian. And I'm super excited for you to take over the show. <laughs> Thanks. Thanks for listening to this episode of The Consultant Trap. If you have a suggestion for a future episode, or you would like to be a guest on our show, please send me an email at sean at podcastchef.com. That's sean, S-E-A-N, at podcastchef.com. P-O-D-C-A-S-T-C-H-E-F.com. Before we go, we'd like to thank the sponsor of our show, Podcast Chef. Podcast Chef helps turn ordinary podcasting into a revenue-generating lead magnet for your consulting business. Our Podcasting Done For You service takes away the headache of starting up and running your own podcast. Reach out now to take advantage of our 30-day money-back guarantee. Visit us at podcastchef.com to find out how our team of experts can help you leverage podcasting to take your consulting business to the next level. Hey, you. Yes, you. It's uh, 2024 and you don't have a podcast yet. Or maybe you do, but you're struggling with it. Uh, we will talk to you about that uh, for free. We'll help you figure out uh, where you might be stuck, uh, whether or not we can help you for sure. But also, uh, if you don't have one yet, what are the like first five things you can do? Uh, what are some great angles that you can use to make sure that your podcast was sustainable as you start to develop that moving forward? Uh, those consults are free. So reach out at the link below uh, in the show notes or email me at brian at podcastchef.com. Thanks. Hi, this is Brian. Thanks for listening to the show. Uh, our website, podcastchef.com, has a ton of useful information about how to best leverage podcasting to help you solve some of your business goals and challenges. You can also schedule a demo uh, where we can show you how specifically Podcast Chef and our team can help you with some of your podcasting goals. Thanks.